Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey, welcome back. That is Nathaniel back there. You can leave the music up, Nathaniel. Thank you very much. Nathaniel's not done that, I don't think, with this show before. Maybe you have. I don't remember. It's but been you a while. Me, and I will lead you to the promised land. Britain Tavern is our location today. Larson, the Bourbon Locks, Luna's Dual Tequila Shots, week number 16. Brent Halverson, betting analyst, is here. Travis, the owner, is in the house. GM. General manager. Which owns everything else right there. Travis. We need to get Cam to get uh, oh, yeah. mics hey, up we, we, we Cam, Cam, Cam just stepped out for a minute. He did go. Sorry about that, Travis. What the hell's going on? Want me to go over here and do this, too? I don't know what, what's what over there. <laughs> I'm afraid if I hit a button, I'll end up screwing this all over. Hey, Cam, come over here so we can get Travis's mic on here. <laughs> hey, before he we get yes. started, by the way, too. We got to find out who this office party is and get some samples sent their way. Yeah, right we did. We got this uh, is a really good three o'clock office party right we've here. We've got some Evan Williams fire shots getting to come out for the uh, crew that's all around here. So everybody's going to be you, getting getting oh, dabbling. Oh, we, in oh there. we are. Absolutely. Yes. The oh the fire. Absolutely. Travis, you're on mic right now, buddy. The general manager, and I mentioned owner because oftentimes the general manager treats an establishment like. It's his own ownership, or her own in this case. Yep. So that's you're kind of an owner here, pseudo owner, right? Hopefully, you. <laughs> <laughs> Put you in a bad spot right there, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. What do you got coming up this weekend? Tell us all about this stage where we are right now. What's going to be happening here? Uh, we have bands every Friday and Saturday. We've got a couple good ones coming up. We got Jambox this weekend, and then Billy. Jambox is good stuff yeah. right there, brother. They're on Let me Friday, tell you. yeah. And uh, Billy and the Tall Boys are on Saturday. Uh, big. Uh, New Year's Eve party coming up with the Bishops, Andrew Young, and Big 80s. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, the Big 80s, yeah. huh? Three bands next week and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I bet I could That's get awesome. up there and do some of the Big 80s they're doing. They do soft sales, Tainted Love, probably. I could get up there and do a little Tainted Love for them because this is the JMV takeover right here. You can get these shirts courtesy of the shop in Broad Ripple and Carmel right here. 20 plus to give to you here, and we'll bring them along coming up tomorrow as well. So you guys do bands Thursday, Friday, and Saturday normally? Uh, Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. And gotcha. then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we have different events. We have trivia. Yep. On Tuesday, trivia on Wednesday, and then a pub pool on Thursday. 25-cent pool on Monday. Love it. Pretty much any day of the week. How long has Britain been here? Um, I think we're in, let's see, 12, I think about 15 years. Fantastic. Yeah. I remember when it first opened, early stages, I was at a different station, and I was coming here at the time, too. But it has always been a fantastic yeah, place. Chris Burton and Paul Merson. Exactly. Opened it back yeah. in the 15 yeah. years, is that right? Yeah, yeah that, that is about 15 years. Thank yeah. you, brother. Yeah. That is about 15 years ago right there. All right, uh, you got anything in mind as far as picks? Anything stand out to you before we get started here? Uh, nothing really stands out. Um, just glancing at it right now. Um, but I'm ready when you are. You All got, right. You guys what? have plenty of TVs up here, so a great place to come watch football on Sundays too, right? Yeah, absolutely. We've got... Uh, Total of 30 TVs, six projectors. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Great layout. Awesome layout. 
What's your, uh, with Christmas holiday falling where it does, you guys going to be open Sunday, Christmas Eve? There's a big slate coming up here of games? Yeah, uh, we're going to be open on Sunday, Christmas Eve till probably 8 o'clock or so, okay. and then close on Monday, and then just till 3 a.m. every other day of the week. Back in action on Tuesday, all right. Absolutely. Well, good. Awesome. Great food and beverage here, especially the beverage beneath the Heaven Hill Distillery umbrella. All right, Nathaniel, are you ready? Cue the band. Our Week 16 Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Are we ready, Nathaniel? Ah. There's the band. There's the band. All right, let's start later on tonight. Saints and Rams. That's Al Michaels game tonight, right, Kim? Yeah, Al Michaels. Al Michaels hadn't had a great season, right? I mean, he hadn't had any games. He hadn't been overly excited about Not been very excited about Taylor Swift and... Uh, not going to be a part of anything coming up in the postseason. But he does get the Saints and the Rams later on tonight. Last check. The Rams are, what is that number right there? Three Brent? and a half. Three and a half point favorites. Lay the three and give me the Rams. I think over the Saints offense all in all. That's why I'm going to take this one coming up later on tonight, Brent. What do you got? Yeah, you got two seven and seven teams, uh, both coming off a win. Saints have they got car back. They've been doing some stuff to kind of build up. I think this will be a pretty active game. I think this number's right at it. I mean, I got the, I got the Rams 27-23. That covers that three and a half, John, so that's what I'm going with. Give me the Rams. Lay the three and a half. Always by the hook, though. What do you got, three. Travis? Um, I'll take the Rams also. Alright, Bengals and the Steelers. So you get Mason Rudolph, who is going to be the quarterback of the Steelers. We saw the Mitchell Trubisky effect last Saturday. Wasn't good at Lucas Oil Stadium. Meantime, the Bengals, the Bengals have been playing better. Survived over the Vikings in that first of three last Saturday afternoon in Cincinnati. Jamar Chase not playing, though. That takes a lot of the threat away. However, Two-point favorites, lay the two, give me the Bengals, even on the road in Pittsburgh, Brent. And this is one of those games, John, you've got uh, the, the, the Steelers are falling to, to Mason Rudolph, number three in the depth charts, right? So they're, gonna, they're, they're looking for something there. Um, I like the way Browning's been playing, and I think T. Higgins is stepping up. Yes. You know, with Chase being out. It's a great out. play to tie that thing up last week. What oh, a great play God, at the end a, of regulation. Reach across yeah, to score that touchdown. Great. I mean, he's, he's, he is a number one receiver. Free agent, by the way, That's coming right. up We're in this offseason. We're going to see him doing some big stuff next year. I think Bengals will hold this one out. Again, I think these numbers are really close. I think I got the Bengals winning 20-17. to 17. That means they cover two. Cincinnati Bengals. Travis, what do you got over there? Uh, I'm going to go against both of you. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Man, the, right. Steelers the Bills are thriving right now. Here's what worries me, though. That is a big number across country. They go where nobody, I mean, nobody's going to care about the Chargers at SoFi. That place will probably have a lot more Bills fans than it will Chargers fans. This is scary territory for me. Bills are 11.5 point favorites. I'm going to lay that 11.5 and take it, and please hope that the Chargers don't do anything wacky at the end and all of a sudden end up hitting that uh, cover. But... Uh, Backdoor-wise, I'm going to lay the 11 and a half. Give me the Bills, Brent. Yeah, Bills are on a mission. They, you know, they had that. They fell off middle of the season, right? Well, they, they've got two wins in a row, two big wins in a row. Uh, I think they're going to come out, and they're just going to stop the Chargers. I mean, they're going to be all over them. Uh, like you said, it's not even really a home field advantage. Chargers are pretty much done. The season's done. Buffalo Bills, 31. Chargers, 13. What do you got there, Travis? Uh, Buffalo Bills. Travis, the general manager of Britain Tavern. That's our location, our Larceny Bourbon Locks. Luna Zool Tequila Shots, week number 16 here on the fan. The Packers, Brent, what in the world is going on? Five-point favorites on the road at Carolina. 
Carolina's done. Their second win of the season last week. Justin Houston jettisoned because he wants to go play for a winner, which Carolina truly is not. Lay that five and take the Packers, and it's not like anything's been going great for that team either. Yeah, that's just ugly. Last couple of weeks have been ugly, especially at home, you know, and uh, Tampa Bay looked really good, but we looked really bad, you know, and then the week before, uh, Jordan looked horrible. Like, he couldn't even throw it to anybody, so... I'm going to see a little bounce back here. Um, I, I like Green Bay to win this game, 23-17. They cover that five. Travis. Also, oh, I'm sorry. Go before, ahead. For yes. those that are still out there and fortunate to be in fantasy playoff land, uh, the Lunazul Tequila shot of the week for uh, somebody to pick up that's available in a lot of 80% of the leagues. Tight end Tucker Craft from the Green Bay Packers has silently been adding some action the last couple weeks, John. Flirting with 100-yard games, five, six touchdown, or five, six receptions oh. a game, and a touchdown. So Tucker Craft. Add him to your fantasy lineup I, to win the playoffs. I think you adequately described him as silent but deadly. Silent but deadly. That's absolutely We right. all know what that is. That's right. That's an SBD. SBD. Right there, <laughs> if you will. Travis, what do you got? I'll take Green Bay. All right. All right. Travis, like I like how you just get right to the point. <laughs> just right give us letters. The point. When you see Travis up here, the general manager of Britain Tavern, say Travis just gets right to the point here. Hey, this is the big one, too. Browns, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Houston. Last check I have not seen. Cam, C.J. Stroud not playing. Still on, yeah, he's still, still on concussion, concussion protocol. protocol. Yeah. I know that they had floated around with that. That is obviously a bad deal. However, Houston survived last week. Case Keenum, or the ghost of Case Keenum, and then a long field goal ultimately got it done for them on the road in Nashville when the Tennessee Titans were playing in the old Houston Oilers uniforms. It was a sordid story, but it came out good for the Texans. They are just trying to kind of scramble along here until they get Stroud back from concussion protocol. I'm going to lay that two and a half on the road and give me Joe Flacco and the Browns for whatever reason right there. That may We talked about him being coach of the year for a good reason. They've had a variety of different quarterbacks. What, one, two, three, four, I believe they have had yeah. so far this season. And certainly the one that they counted on having and paid the most is not the one participating. It, combined with their defense, Brent, has been an amazing effect, even if you don't like Cleveland. Lay the number and give me the Browns on the road. Yeah, I mean, they're nine and five. Crazy. You know, it is crazy. They're, they're, you know, we're talking wacko for flacco here. Flacco was on his couch three weeks ago. And, uh, you know, he's brought some, brought some uh, spice back to this team. Mari Cooper's finally getting some action back in the game. They got some players back there. Um, I, I, I think you're right, though. I mean, who knows who's going to be quarterback? It doesn't sound like uh, Stroud is. So I'm going to go with you there, too, John. Give me Cleveland. Lay the two and a half. What you got, Travis? I'll do the Cleveland Browns also. The Lions and the Vikings. Man, the Vikings were right there last week. The Vikings were ready, willing, and able to give the Colts a helper. And then as we talked about, man, T. Higgins made a great play, and the Vikings wilted once that game certainly went to overtime. They are three-point underdogs at home versus the Lions. I'm going to lay that three. Give me Dan Campbell's crew coming up this weekend. Brent. You know, we talk about uh, Detroit not playing well on the road outside. Well, this is an indoor facility. Yes. I, I think Detroit goes in there. I think they get the work done. Sorry, Tommy. Tommy Sutton's here. Love you, man. But Tommy, uh, yes. give me Detroit. Lay the three. What do you got over there, Travis, general right. manager of Britain Tavern? Yeah, Detroit Lions also. The Jets. The New York Jets and the Washington Commanders. <laughs> this entire season, the whole thing regarding the Jets has been every Tuesday and an Aaron Rodgers conversation. 
Aaron Rodgers, is he going to come back? Is he going to play? Really, the only thing that stepped into there was Tommy DeVito and the whole pizza place fiasco. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, that's with the Giants, but talking about the Meadowlands in general has had not a level of excitement between the Giants and the Jets from DeVito with the Giants and a myriad of quarterbacks of the disappointment and the loss of Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. However, three-point favorites of the Jets at home against the Commanders. I'm going to lay that three, and I'm going to get a spark of life from the Jets and the Meadowlands coming up this weekend. In a roundabout way, give me the Jets. Scary, John. We're uh, on the same games to date to, to right now. Even to this game, I'm on the Jets as well. I think the Jets, uh, I mean, you know, again, it's, it's this line is three against Washington. Washington, they've been struggling. They don't know who's going to be quarterback. I think they should play Howell and just let him kind of grow with it a little bit. But uh, I think Jets win at 23 to 17. I'll take the Jets, lay the three. That old Meadowlands thing is a bit of a precursor to when we get to the Giants and the Eagles coming up as well. But right now, Travis, what's your pick? Yeah, I agree with the Jets. The Seahawks story on Monday night was fantastic. I don't really care too much for Drew Locke, but I just thought that moment, that final drive was great. A couple of big plays made, one DK Metcalf, and then the rookie uh, Smith and Jigbo with the touchdown catch. That salted that away for Drew Locke in for Geno Smith, and the Seahawks get it done. I don't know if you're looking for carryover. Two and a half point favorites on the road at Tennessee. I kind of wonder about what's going on with Vrabel. I know that they love him down there, but we'll see what happens in New England with Vrabel. There is a lot swirling around here. I'm going to lay that two and a half. I wouldn't necessarily do this. Well, lay the two and a half and give me the Seahawks on the road against the Titans team that, after last week, is probably just ready to go ahead and pack this whole thing in. I'm against you here. I, I really think they're going to play for Vrabel. I think they're going to go out there and, 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 and run a gun. I think they're going to get Levis, get some more acti- action going on. And you still got uh, Lord Henry, right? He's back there. He's going to have a field day, I think. So I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans, and I say the Titans win the game outright, 23-20. I'll take the plus two and a half. What do you got there, Travis? Tennessee Titans. Man, the Jaguars have been a mess. In the meantime, the Buccaneers, I mean, Brent saw this up close and personal, right? Baker Mayfield, game that he had. Buccaneers and the Jaguars, a pick in Tampa Bay. My pick is going to be for the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield, Brent Halverson. Yeah, uh, we're still kind of unknown, too, on quarterback status uh, in Jacksonville, right? Yeah. I mean, that's still kind of unknown. That, yeah, it might change some things. That's why this game's a pick em. But I think the way both teams have been playing, Jacksonville's lost three in a row. Tampa Bay's won three in a row. Tampa Bay's at home. Tampa Bay's got the – they're just rolling at the right time, uh, which pains me to say, but I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at a pick em. What do you got over there, Travis? Um, I will take the Bucks on that game. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul, Tequila the Shots, Travis, the general manager, Britton Tavern off of State Road 37 here in Fishers. That's week 16 we're going over, and the Bears are four-point favorites at home against the Cardinals. It all seems to make a little bit of sense. I... <laughs> This is one where normally you would suggest you look at the matchup in this game and you go, yeah, stay away from it. I think this is one that you jump on today. I'm going to lay that for and give me the Bears in Chicago in week 16. Brent. Yeah, I like that too. I think this is going to be kind of, you know, you got two very mobile quarterbacks. Justin Fields finally back in action. He's looking good. Uh, DJ Moore, one of the best receivers in the league too. I think he has a big game. I think this could potentially turn into a shootout. Uh, I'll take the Chicago Bears uh, win 27-20. That is Travis. 
And Chicago Bears also. Here's what's funny about Dallas, right? All it takes is like one bad game for everybody in the world to fall off the bandwagon. I mean, everybody. From my good friend Jeremiah to every hardcore Dallas Cowboy fan out there. Everything was going great. The best team in the NFL. And then they made that trek to Western New York, and they looked like that last week, and now they're the absolute worst. Now they're overrated. You overrated the team. You're overrated the quarterback. Skip Bayless does a video about you. Stephen A. Smith laughs about it. It is all going downhill for the Cowboys. Does it resurface in a pick against the Dolphins? I don't think so. I think more fuel to the anti-Dallas or to the Sliprock Dallas followers and their fire right here. Give me the Dolphins at home in that pick em Brent Holverson against the Cowboys. What do you got? Second best game on the slate this week, John. I mean, this is, this is going to be another great matchup right here. Uh, I think everything you just said, I'm, 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 I agree with. I don't entirely with. trust the Dolphins' defense. But yeah, I think but, at home is going to be a big difference. You know, this is a 51-and-a-half-point uh, line on that total. So yeah. it's, it, 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 we know it's going to be some fireworks. We know there's going to be some scoring going on. Um, I think Miami's going to be on the right side of this. So I'm going to pick them 27-24. Give me the Dolphins. Travis, what do you got over there? Uh, I'm taking the Cowboys on that one. All right. Man, it's funny. I don't know what I love more, watching the Broncos play or watching Sean Payton yell at Russell Wilson on the sideline. I thought that was pretty good. That was really good drama for a game that wasn't about to go the direction of the Broncos. They're back at it at mile high against the Patriots. We all know of the Patriots situation, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Lay the six-and-a-half and a a little bit of a rejuvenated love fest between quarterback and first-year head coach in Denver this weekend in Week 16. Brent, what do you got? I, I honestly think this game will. I, I think Denver wins the game, but I don't think they cover it. I think this is a field goal game, one way or the other. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the. Uh, I'm going to take the points on this one. I'd always buy that half point to make it seven, make it a full touchdown. But uh, give me the Patriots plus six and a half. That's Travis over there. Yeah, we'll do the Broncos. Travis is short and to the point every single time. <laughs> Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, Week Number Sixteen. The Chiefs are ten point favorites. It's funny, you get in a season where there are so many expectations, and we've seen them. They're good, but they haven't lived up to expectations. I mean, most teams around the NFL, Brent, would want to be them, but they haven't lived up to their own expectations. Thus, there's a lot of whining and a lot of crying. And then you get that group that's sick and tired of hearing about them, from Mahomes to Kelsey to Taylor Swift and all of that. You watch this team late in the season, however, catch fire. Oh, I forgot to mention Kadarius Tony too, and all that he brings to the table. It is an absolute soap opera. Somehow, some way, I believe that Andy Reid will find a solution late in the season to it. I hope that he doesn't, because I really don't care about him. But I'm willing to say that right now. Lay the 10 and give me the Chiefs at home against the Raiders. And by the way, the Raiders at Lucas Oil Stadium coming up in week number 17. What you got, Brent? Well, this was a close game earlier, right, in the year. I, I think I mean, this, is, this is a classic backdoor cover just waiting to happen right here. The Chiefs have been struggling. They're going to find offense. a solution, though, brother. They're They're all find the soap it. opera. Hey, I agree, but, you know, Travis Kelsey's been soft. They've been, you know, and, and you got Belichick who's going to take out – or Belichick, excuse me. you got these guys who are going to take out Kelsey. They're going to go after – make sure they can protect him or guard him. I'm going to take the points here. I think Kansas City wins the game 27-20. So, I'll take Laz's Raiders, though, plus 10. Tell me this, though. Yep. Does – is, is Taylor Swift making Travis Kelsey weak in the knees? That's yes. what Mickey said in Rocky. Yes. They make your knees weak. 
They weaken the knees. Taking some extra stamina out of it. Yeah, you can't. What? Weaken something? What do he say? Crap lightning and do something with thunder? I almost had it right there. Wow. Trainer did. Mickey right there in Rocky. Clearly nobody's getting it, so I'll move on. <laughs> Travis, what do you got right there? Uh, I can't got? see the Chiefs on that one. <laughs> uh, it's a big number right there. I just think at some point all this gnashing of the teeth and whining and crying, really, from everybody, including the Chiefs themselves, will subside and they'll get back to what we expect. Yeah, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, too. Our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's will take the shots. Yeah, the Giants are an absolute disaster. They get the Eagles. The Eagles are 12-point favorites. The Eagles are at home. That's probably going to be a Bradley Cooper game right here. That's outstanding. You watch the Giants end up covering this. You watch the Giants end up stepping up and covering this for whatever reason. I wish I had a grand explanation other than the Eagles haven't been what we thought, and I don't see that light at the end of their tunnel like I do with the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Giants. Give me the 12 points and give me the Giants on the road. I may regret this later, but give me the Giants and the 12 on the road. Brent Halverson. You know, the same division. These opponents, they play each other tough regardless of who's, right. who's doing what. They're, they're always tough. That's a lot of points, a lot of especially points. after the Eagles. They've lost three in a row. Um, you know, Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets out there. He's, uh, I think he's going to hang with them here. I'm going to take the Giants as well, plus 12, John. What do you got over there, Travis? I'm on board with the Giants. All right. So if we weren't talking about the game of the weekend a little bit earlier, with the Cowboys and the Dolphins, this may be it right here. The Ravens and the 49ers from the Levi. Five-point favorites of the Niners. Man, I really do. I want to take the Ravens right here. I just think the defense of the 49ers will be enough. And we've seen it. Colts fans have seen it, right? Sometimes the Ravens don't come out there and represent what they have done for the most part during this 2023 season. I think in week 16, this will be one of those matchups. I'm going to lay the six, or no, check that. I'm sorry, lay the five and give me the Niners at home against the Ravens in part two of the game of the weekend. I'm excited. This Super Bowl preview, preview to me, I, I really think I can't wait to sit back, get some uh, Evan Williams eggnog in me, John. Nice. Get some cocktails well flowing, done. watch this game right here. I think this is going to be a, a one for uh, really give us a preview of what we're looking at in late February or mid-February. Travis, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Going to take the, yep. uh, give me the 49ers, 27-20, cover. Travis, what are you talking about over there for that one? Yeah, 49ers also. All right, we get the Colts and we get the Falcons. One o'clock, Christmas Eve afternoon. Colts have a lot of going for them, there's no doubt. I thought they came off of... The best second half, the more, the most near-perfect second half that this offense, together the way they look, can play. And uh, I don't expect that to subside on Sunday. I think they're going to ride that wave and go back-to-back games and look like that. And I think they're going to be as dominant to the Falcons as they looked in the second half, really, in bullying the Steelers around. I think that carries over. So go ahead and give me, and it's interesting right now, we talked about this number a little bit earlier, right? This number started out, what, minus two for the Colts, and now it is, last check, what? Well, it, I, when I checked earlier today, it yeah. was one. It's now two and a half. It is two. Something's going on. It is a two and a half. I, I just, I have this great feeling about the Colts in that second half here and being able to, even on the road, in this case against a bad team, hold over. But last check, the Falcons are two-and-a-half-point favorites. 
I'm going to go ahead and take that two. Give me that two and a half and give me the Colts on the road because I believe they can't sustain unless all of a sudden somebody's injured. We have no idea is injured. Brent, what do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, it's two and a half everywhere now. I mean, there's all kinds of money. And this just Falcons. happened within the last 30 minutes. It did. I mean, when yeah. I filled these out earlier today, John, I mean, I went straight with, with the lines at, at 12 o'clock today. So we're talking four hours later, it's moved another point and a half. And, you know, it's a million dollars to move a game a half point usually. But this is some kind of information thing that, that I don't think that I have heard. So I'm trying to think. What could it be? Cam, you want to jump in here? What do you think it is? It's not Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke's news happened more than 48 hours ago. So it's not that. Cam, what do you got? What, oh, okay. What, anybody else? Yeah, got anything? I, I don't know. I'm, yeah. uh, but I'm, here's what I'm going to do, John. I mean, I had the Colts down uh, plus one. I, I, I this, Seeing this, though, again, you got to watch these lines. There's something out there going on. And for us not to know what it is, that tells me I'm going to join Vegas in this one. Oh. I'm going to switch my pick. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons, and I hope I'm wrong. What? No Falcon way. Lay the two and a half. Atlanta, follow the money. There was a tremendous song in 1983, and she was a member of ABBA. Her name was Frida. And Phil Collins played the drums in the backup role, and she had a one-hit wonder called There's Something Going On. I know there's something going on, but I don't care. I, I want and I expect that Colts offense, especially up front, to be as good as they were in the second half against the Steelers. And I will call upon the Colts defense up front to be the same. So this doesn't concern me as much as it might the sharps out there that are looking at this number change. But it is. And it just, it, uh, I mean, that's something that normally comes in the territory of a quarterback, quarterback. I was getting ready to say yeah, the same thing. Is there injury. something with Minshew yeah. that we don't know about? Is he got the, you know a lot of, right? There's a lot of sickness going on right now. So what do you got over there, Kim? Oh, I think it's weird that because Jonathan Taylor is trending towards playing now. Yeah, Watch, I think it's weird that it's happening. Is it this Matt, way. Matt Gay's leg? <laughs> you know, people were saying ever since he had the kid, that's when things turned. Yeah, around. I think, he he's, I think he's had a bit of a leg, game. a leg issue here. But yeah, yeah, that's a lot of work to move. That's non-quarterback related, right there. I'm sorry, Travis. You got any inside information, to, Travis? We, 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 we need it, man. This is all. This thing's happening in front of us. It's changing here, so got to figure it out. What do you got, Travis? No, I'll go with the Colts on that game. See. This is what I love about Travis. He just simplifies it. I go through this long, drawn-out explanation as to why. Why can this be happening? And then Travis goes this right comes in. Hey, man. you know, again, he uh, last week, Mike, Mike with 12, mm. two and one, pretty cut and dry. Travis yeah. going to get. We're going to put these two up against each other for the next couple of weeks here, John. There is a uh, ton of stuff going on, but that is a a significant number change. That really is that we will follow, right? So there. keep your eye on that. Whatever's out there, something's going on. So. Hey, Travis, tell everybody about tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday, and upcoming once again here at Britain Tavern. Yeah, tonight we've got pub pull starting at seven o'clock. It's like a family feud style trivia. Um, tomorrow or Friday, we've got Jambox performing. Starting Love Jambox. Billy and the Tall Boys uh, Saturday. And then that uh, New Year's Eve weekend, got the Bishops, Andrew Young, and Big 80s. And then looking forward to February, we've got a Battle of the Bands coming up on Sunday. Oh, nice. So last two Sundays um, of February, and then the first two of March. The Battle of the Bands. Yeah. That's awesome. Very yeah, cool. a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. That, Great uh, place to look at the just, stage. Are they known bands, or is it just like somebody puts a band together and gets up here? They come in typically between five and seven bands a night and then they compete for uh you know a prize and then for some gig dates here the following year that's awesome so it's a it's a busy night from six till probably 11 or 12 every sunday that's great wow awesome Love hey it. travis thanks for having us man hey thank you love to be back that's Appreciate travis it, the general manager say hello to him 
at Britton Tavern. Brent's going to hang my chapel top of the hour. We'll try to get out of him exactly what might be going on. I know there's something going on. I'm going to tell you what. Nathaniel, if you don't find that song and play it when we return, then you're not going to be worth your salt this afternoon in that position you're in right there. I'm just telling you. Other side, Eddie Gill. Eddie Gill's got you coming up later on tonight. We'll see if the paces go back-to-back. Last night, I went over Charlotte in Memphis for the second of a back-to-back later on tonight. Eddie Gill from Pacers TV and Radio set to join us next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. All right, Brent Olverson rejoins in a second on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from Pacers Television, Pacers Radio. The former NBA guard Eddie Gill joins us. I just thought last night, Eddie, that was something that was entirely necessary for the Pacers to get. For the Pacers to get a win like that and the fashion in which they got a win like that all the way around, that's exactly what they needed. I don't know what that says about tonight, but last night for a Wednesday night of the NBA in December, that's exactly what they needed. Yeah, yeah, thanks. thanks. Great to be with you guys again. Much much needed, though, for sure. Um, After a tough four-game slide, um, and it happens during the course of an 82-game season, but uh, this is the first time we've seen it happen to this team up to this point, um, and, and, and definitely when you think about uh, the game that happened prior to against the Clippers and, and you know, a couple of games prior to that, the, the Wizards and those types of things, but definitely responded the way, the way you would like and, you know, got to give them credit. They were able to get that done. So Eddie Gill, again, Pacers TV, Pacers Radio, he's with us multitasking as usual on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. What stood out more so than anything else? It, to me, it was – what Buddy Hill did. I mean, as a shooter, you do, and you're allowed to. It just happens sometimes. You go through a slump. You go through a curious moment where you can't knock anything down. And getting that rhythm that he had lacked up until that point last night, I think that's one thing you can look to carry over. Like, I don't know defensively how much of a change that drastically this team is ever going to be. But as a shooter – with Buddy Heald, that's something, getting that rhythm back, which I think that can be longer lasting, going into tonight, into this weekend, so on and so forth. You agree? Yeah, I think it was critically important. Like, uh, it was great to see Jalen Smith back in the lineup. thought his first half was great. He looked like he didn't miss a beat. Um, looked like they're, you know, being a little bit cautious in terms of his return and, and understanding that there's a game here tonight. So it was great to see him in the lineup. Uh, as, as for Buddy, I mean, I, I wasn't necessarily concerned with, with him and him, you know, having shooting slumps that happens to, to every single guy during, during the course of the season. Uh, but but definitely you want to see him being able to shoot the basketball the way he did, um, you know, throughout the remainder of the season because obviously, obviously especially over the last probably two weeks, Tyrese Halliburton is going to get a lot more attention, uh, you know, as he skyrockets through, through in terms of national media attention. Uh, the, the November that he put together, the early November, or excuse me, early December that he put together, uh, in terms of his production, has been 
incredible. So he's going to get a lot more attention. So you need guys uh, that the that the opponent has to honor, and and if they don't, uh, a guy like Buddy Hill to make them pay. So Eddie Gill who joins us. Rick had said earlier this week, you know, now we have a target on our back. You know, going through that first end season tournament. And all the notoriety, all the publicity that comes along with this put a target on us and most importantly probably put a target on Tyrese Halliburton. From what you have seen over that span, you know, from the success they had against Boston to Milwaukee and then obviously that loss of the Lakers, how much of that and what he is talking about has been true that you have seen with the Pacer competition since that tournament? Yeah, I just think you know they're not, they're not sneaking up on anyone anymore. Everyone knows that they have you know a, a top two or three offense in the league, and, and Tyrese Halliburton is is uh, is on track to be a starter in an All Star game. So it's not, you're not he's not, his game is not sneaking up on anyone. Uh, their offense is not sneaking up on anyone, and, and there's a thing called a scouting report, and, and uh, the opponent you know they're pros too, and they they have a job to do, and they're they're supposed to go out there and execute a game plan. And, and right now that means Tyrus Halliburton is going to be getting trapped on pick and rolls and he's not going to be able to play as much isolation. There's going to be long athletic wings guarding him night in and night out. So they'll be trying to make his life a little bit more difficult and and uh, and try to slow this offense down. So they'll have to figure out other ways uh, to be effective and be able to counter. So Eddie Gill from Pacers TV, Pacers Radio, kind enough to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. It has been talked about, this team defensively. I hated it on Monday, Eddie, because not only did they you know, take a beating in terms of giving up a, a buck 50-plus, but I, I saw Kawhi Leonard acting in a way, a jovial fashion. I don't even think I saw when he won an NBA title, for that matter. And you saw the Clippers all clowning around, and you wonder about this team's defense. How much more do they have, in your opinion, defensively to give and how much of this may come down to you know organizationally speaking they just need to find some other guys to help mix in to make this defense better how I guess what I'm asking how much you think is fixable with this present roster I think it's definitely fixable um and the the reason why I think that is because we've seen it Uh, now have we seen it consistently have we seen a lot of it uh there's an argument to say no but the fact that you've seen it enough to where that if you if you really lock in on it and focus in it, and it, it climbs the charts in terms of your priorities, um, you can play at that level a little bit more than what, than what we've seen. Um, their pace of play, you're going to give up more possessions. Those, those types of things are all true. But I think it's lazy to say that um, you know we just got to go out and try to outscore everyone every night, and you know, or to say that uh, no one plays defense in the NBA. You know, there's levels to it. If you look at playoff contenders, teams that are winning championships, they're always in the top five, top ten at minimum uh, defensively uh, in terms of the uh, relative to the entire NBA. So um, if, if, you, if you're telling me those aspirations are, are, are playoffs and, and being a contender, then you find a way to get it done. Um, yeah, can you make an argument to, to get other guys who lock in on a defensive end or this, this that, and other? You, you may be able to come up with that case, but – I think this team, as constructed, um, we, we've seen them play defense at, at a higher level. Again, like I said, at a smaller sample size, but it's just a, a mental approach in terms of like, hey, all right, we're going to do this night in and night out and, and not necessarily depend on putting a buck 40 on the board to win. 
Eddie, a frustrated Rick Carlisle on Monday after that beating they took at the hands of the Clippers had, had mentioned a variety of, well, we may have to think about doing this. And, and part of that variety was slowing the tempo down, which, all right, I understand that. But I, I think the points you take away are not necessarily going to be made up that often on the defensive end. Do you think that that is a, a reasonable, a feasible option if their defense can't consistently improve, is slowing down the pace that they play offensively at all? I think you can. I think it'll be difficult because this, this team has, has found an offensive rhythm and, and, and basically a lifestyle in terms of how they play, especially with Tyrese Halliburton at the point. He's pushing the basketball, make or miss, regardless of what's going on out there. So to try to slow him down and rein him back in terms of what he does best, it may be difficult. Uh, but but I do think uh, you can be selective in terms of when you are pushing the basketball, especially if you've had um, you know three or four really bad defensive possessions in a row, and you need to just slow down for at least at least a few possessions to try to rein it in. Uh, in, in some cases, are you going to do that over the course of a, you know four quarters? No, but you can be be a lot more selective in terms of when you are uh, pushing the basketball up the floor. If if in fact. Uh, your defense is, is really taking a beating because you're coming up empty on the offensive end and you're giving up easy uh, opportunities on the other. Well, and since you played, I'll ask you that. I I, I get what you're saying. You're saying, well, it, it's not going to change who Tyrese Halliburton is. You, you find ways to slow it down in other avenues. I just think the way this team is built and how they played, that would be, to me, this is just me, that sounds nearly impossible to do. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I don't think you you definitely you won't you you're not going to tell Tyrese Halliburton to walk the basketball up the court. You, that's just not going to happen, yeah. right? That, that's just that's just probably not going to happen. And then and then having said that, you you know you don't I don't know if you have dynamic enough um, guys who can just sit down and and find quality looks against the half-court defense, right? So they're, they're, at, they're playing this pace of play because it's harder to defend. Uh, but having said that, it, it does challenge your, your own defense. Um, but if you have the, the mental f- approach to it, you can be better. Um, you know, again, I, I, I don't think the, this team is all of a sudden going to be vaulted into the top five defensively. But um, with more consistency and, and a focus there, you can, you can crawl into the middle of the pack and then just be serviceable on that end. Uh, he is Eddie Gill, Pacers down in Memphis tonight. That tip time is at 8 o'clock. Eddie joining us from Pacers TV and Pacers Radio. You know, obviously they're going to get the home debut of John Morant coming up later on tonight. And, and Eddie, you've seen this. The Grizz, they've been basically a disaster so far. But re-entering him into the fray is a dynamic that is is really tough on a team like the Pacers coming in the second of a back-to-back and that type of atmosphere. Bad record for the Grizz or not? Yeah, you got to take records and, and, and previous games completely out of the equation when you go into this game here tonight. You know, John Morant is, uh, you know, prior to suspension is, is easily a top 10 player in the league and, and arguably a top two or three point guard in the league. Uh, he does things that um, only a handful of guys can do. He clearly is, is motivated, and, and the team is motivated. It's a jolt of energy, um, and he looked like he didn't miss a beat in his first game back, uh, you know, capping it off with a, with a game winner. So um, re- regardless to, 
whether this is his first game or he's been there the whole whole season, this is going to be a tough game uh, for anyone, and and just happens to be the the Pacers' night. We're going to get uh, more minutes for Jalen Smith coming up later on tonight. That was managed last night, but I'm going to tell you, when he was out there, when he went in for miles, he was stroking jumpers, and I mean, really, he was back right to the point of how he impressed us all up until that injury. How much more do you expect to see out of him tonight? Yeah, it was great to see him. Um, I think probably, uh, if I had to guess, uh, again, it being a back-to-back, they'll be they'll be cautious in, in his return. Yeah. Uh, but, man, he didn't miss the beat. As soon as he checks, it, checks into the game, he gets right to it, offensive rebound and put back, knocks down a couple threes, a couple, re, uh, couple rebounds. And uh, I, w- I was really encouraged to see how he played. And it, it, it's been nice to be around the team and watching him just slowly but surely ramp up his preparation to return to action. And uh, I thought the Patriots did a, a great job of preparing him to get back into the flow. And he, he did a great job himself. Uh, in that first half, and man, you look at that that center position throughout the entire night. Man, they were <laughs> you can't ask for more between what Miles Turner did in that first quarter to set the tone. Uh, Jalen Smith comes in. I said obviously he had a great first half, and um, Isaiah Jackson in, in the second half he he played the backup center minutes, and uh, all three of those guys I thought were fantastic. Uh, and I'm going to ask you this. I'm and you probably know this. I'm a supporter of Miles. I have even through you know a lot of people around here oftentimes or not, but I, I have this question too, and I've asked before, and he talks about how he just kind of lets the game kind of come to him, but we saw aggressive Miles last night. Was that just a product of who he's going against, or why, why could we, why should we not see that type of Miles, you know, power to the basket, things of that nature, more often than we end up seeing? Yeah, I, mean, I thought he was. I thought he was incredible with the way he started the game. His aggression was was, was noticeable, um, and that's clearly when he when he's at his best is when he's playing a, a aggressive and decisive basketball. And I thought his uh, IQ for the game was great. He found spots to find whether it was getting all the way to the basket, playing physical game, uh, uh, that that little short mid mid post area where he rolls in there, or pick and pops all the way out to the three point line. Um, and, and yeah, you can you can say you know the the opponent is is um, yeah. influences some, some of the production yeah. of any of the guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. But, um, but but having said that, it's also you know opportunities that, that present themselves. They they play a, a a brand of basketball where sometimes you know the ball doesn't find you. Um, it, it's finding another guy on a given night. Or uh, I thought the Hornets pick and roll defense was absolutely horrible. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton get whatever he wanted at any time. In, in that pick and roll, and oftentimes, especially early on, it was being able to find Miles. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I've talked about it all the time. Even you know, from his very early on days, whenever he's playing aggressive, confident basketball, um, he, he's been great. And, and I've always, I've always been a big supporter of Miles. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously, he was a question mark. I think going into tonight, but. Yeah, we'll see. This is going to be an interesting back to back, to say the least. I completely agree with something you said earlier. You throw out absolutely everything that was non-John Morant, do you not, in, in terms of what the Grizzlies look like in comparison to what you expect them to look like tonight? Yeah, that has absolutely no bearing on, on what you on what you see now with that with the, with this team, him being there and, and they're, they're being whole. Um, well, the other piece of it, you know, that that goes that a lot of people don't realize is, you know, no Stephen Adams is on this team, no Brian Clark. Yeah. Those those two guys are, have been out for the entire season. So, um, 
you know, those are huge gaps that, that they're looking to, they're, they're just trying to fill and they, fill and they've been yeah. trying to just figure it out. Ultimately, they don't have a guy w- without John Morant who can, who can draw a double team. And that's the name of the game. You've got to create double teams. You have to create some sort of scramble to get easy opportunities in this league. And, and John Morant is, is, is at the top of the list and guys who can create a double team. No, you're right. Uh, Eddie Gill, what do you got? What's your priorities tonight? What's your work? I think Jaw has is, is, is got to be at the top of the list. Still, you got to try to figure out a way yeah. to make it, you know, life hard on him. Um, I, I suspect uh, Neesmith is going to get quite a bit of that. Bruce Brown is going to get quite a, quite a bit of that. And, but it's it's a collective effort. No one guy is going to stop him from getting to where he wants to get, especially with the way the uh, the perimeter defense um, yeah. in terms of hand checking and physical play out there on the perimeter. You need multiple guys. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you got to try to slow down, hit, slow him down, guard the first and second bounce, and then bring help when it's appropriate. And then early on, without him in the lineup, they were shooting a ton of three-point shots. Not necessarily <laughs> that were going in, uh, but you know, at home, motivated, energized. Um, if those start going in, then you get really got a problem because that's a lot more space you got to cover, uh, and, and then really try to keep John Moran out of the lane, which is almost impossible. Eddie. Have a great Christmas, you and the family, if we don't talk again prior to that. Thanks, as always, for coming on here and adding the insight. We appreciate you. My man, I appreciate you. Happy holidays to you guys. It's uh, Eddie Gill, Pacers TV, Pacers Radio, with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Britain Tavern on a Thursday off of State Road 37 in Fishers. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. CBS 4 and Fox 59. Mike Chappell joins us. Man, I have so much right now to cover with you. Let's start with Jonathan Taylor. Protective wrap, a variety of combinations between that and glove work today to get back from that surgically repaired thumb what do you gather from this? Do you believe that he's going to play? I've not seen in the last 30 or so minutes, so I'm asking you from what you gather right now, what do you think is going to transpire coming up on Sunday? Yeah, I think he plays. I mean, we talked to him today, and he was very upbeat. Now, I've always said the, the one person you should not listen to on availability is a player, but, but I just think that's where we're headed. And uh, our, our Brett Bensley had a good video clip of, of Taylor with that glove on, and you really couldn't tell what what was underneath it or how they're going to do it. But he, what Taylor told us is, hey, we're going to try some things. There's going to be a wrap slash brace something. Uh, but keep in mind, he's a running back, and he's got to be able to <laughs> use his hand. As he said, it's his dominant hand, and he's got to be able to – Yes, pass protect, but more than that, you know, uh, ball security. Yeah, it's, you're right. you know, and, and I mentioned to him and he kind of laughed. I said, well, I said, you realize that, you know, the Falcons also know that you got a bad th- or you've had thumb surgery. So, you know, they'll, they'll test to that as much as they can. 
they'll test different rats or whatever you want to call them, and they'll come to the conclusion that either he can or can't go. I think he can, I think he will. And you'll just have to hope that what they come up with, and, and with his own concentration, that he'll he'll ball security won't be an issue. Uh, but no, I, I think he's you know as, as I say trending. So it was very encouraging that he was listed full yesterday, and he, and he when they really practiced today, he was full. And we'll see if there's any setbacks or whatever, because the Colts today will will have done as much as they can within reason. They're not going to take hammers to his thumb for crying out loud, but they're they're going to do as much contact to see how that thumb holds up and and can he play the position. Uh, at a winning level, you can't, you know, you just can't have him out there if he can't secure the ball. But but he's been, you know, he's been doing this, the, the rehab for the last couple of weeks in a, in a controlled setting, and now today it was, it was uncontrolled. It was controlled, uncontrolled. But we'll see how it goes tomorrow. I, I think if I had to guess, the listing questionable for the game. I just think there's a very, very, very good chance he plays. To Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I want your opinion on this. I stated this point back on Monday. I thought in the second half of that game on Saturday against the Steelers, given the group that was out there, I thought that that was as nearly to perfection as that group offensively could play. And that's with Sermon and Goodson at running back and really where it all began up front with that offensive line. I'm just talking about that group, and obviously there's no Jonathan Taylor, no Michael Pittman Jr. You agree with that? I just thought that that was a level in which if you're a coach, no matter who you are, that is exactly what you want to see out of your offensive group in that second half against the Steelers. Yeah, no Zach Moss. I mean, he goes out with the forearm injury. Uh no question. I, I think the offensive line, they, they 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 weren't inspired by criticism of the media by the media because they they know they they didn't play well in a few games recently, certainly at Cincinnati, and they they took it upon themselves to to, to get it cleaned up and to, to do that to Pittsburgh. I mean, 170 yards is, is the most Colts have ever rushed against the Steelers ever. Ever is a long time, and to do it with two guys who are your third and your fourth backs, that's pretty impressive. So, uh, you know, that, that's, we always, you know, you talk about next man up and all that. Well, that's in, in, in short order, they lose Zach Moss and, and Michael Pittman to the concussion. And you really kind of manhandled the Steelers in the second half. And yeah, yeah, yes. And, and that's what you want to do. That one drive, that 15 play drive where the first 13 plays were rushes. And they picked up a couple of third, third and shorts on that. So that was really impressive. And it, it starts up front. It, it, it just does. The offensive line has had – overall, this has been a very good season. That was a really good uh, final three quarters against the Steelers. So Mike Chappell, who joins us. Uh, this is odd. And before we get into some of the mystery that's going on, the Vegas line, which I don't pay that close attention to, but I do, like I'm doing today, do picks every week with our Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots every Thursday. We've watched the Colts line basically with the Falcons on Sunday go from the Colts 
minus two and a half to the Colts plus two and a half. And normally when something like that happens, there is a quarterback situation. Is, is Minshew sick or is there something going on there that we just don't know about right now that somebody knows? Because the Vegas change in odds right there is odd, to say the least. No, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. It is strange. Uh, no, I mean, everybody, you know, full participation, and uh, I, I don't know. Uh, but again, it, it's funny because Vegas knows something. I mean, they, not not a bit about this game necessarily, but they're they're so spot on with with, with their with their point spreads. I don't know. Uh, I, I would think Jonathan. The idea that Jonathan Taylor is probably going to play would impact the Colts favorably. So I don't know. It, it is interesting. But, uh, you know, nothing I know about with, with, with Minshew. He's not listed on the injury report. He was out there today. We talked to him yesterday. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> I, I, I have no answer for you. Uh, we'll just see if Vegas really yeah. knows what they're talking about come Sunday. Yeah, it certainly couldn't be Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke's announcement came like 48 hours ago as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's strange when you got a team kind of pushed into the playoffs and are, are getting their health back. And, you know, again, Michael Pittman's got a really good chance of playing against a team that's kind of playing them. You know, they, 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 they've benched their quarterback twice, and now you go into Taylor Heineke. I, I, it's, it's, it's kind of confusing, but I' trying to get too, too deep in it because I always can't figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I can't either. We we're just kind of knocking that thing around as we we're yeah, here. Mike Chappell of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine joins us. All right, let's move on to the mystery. Do you believe you know why Isaiah McKenzie and Tony Brown were dealt with in the fashion, suspension-wise, from the team um, at the end of the season like this? Um, what they did to get that type of punishment response from the Colts within? Do you know? No, I wish I did. Uh, and I, I, I've poked around and talked to people that I trust and and know. All I was told is they deserved it. Uh, so, no, I don't. Uh, if other guys have it, good for them. I don't. This is one where they're no, there. But, uh, no, that's the point. Nobody has it. Nobody no. has it. Nobody nationally, nobody it'll, locally. It'll, it'll, come, it'll so, come out. I mean, it always comes out. So, so it, I, it'll leak somehow or whatever, but right now, no. And the thing I'll add is this is a pretty significant, harsh penalty. Uh, Yes, it it, is. It it, it can't be that they they missed bed check Friday night. They were 20 minutes late or, or, you know, they've been late to meetings because, first of all, I don't think Steichen would put up for being late for meetings, you know, over and over again. It just it just it cries out that there was a an event. There was something that went on. You know, the first thing that jumped into my mind was some kind of a fight that really got out of hand. Uh, I don't think that's what it was from what guys were saying in the media room. So I don't know. It's 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 such a harsh penalty, uh, three games without pay. That that's normally a a a major event type of thing. So I I don't know. And you know we poked around the locker room and those guys they were told to shut up and not talk about it. So I no it, it'll come out. But right now. Uh, if somebody's got something, good for you, because I sure don't. No, and that's the point I was trying to make. Nationally, locally, and it just 
makes you wonder how egregious a situation we were talking about. I don't know, and what you're saying, I don't even know to me if there's a precedent, at least in recent well, history that I'm aware recent, of. Recent, no, because I was, Colts, you know, a player's been dealt with like that. I, the last one I can remember, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody. You know, Rick Venturi uh, suspended uh, Eric Dickerson back in, gosh, what was it, 1991, right. whatever it was. Conduct detrimental is such a, and I wrote about this, it's such a broad term. It, it, it means something different to different teams, but it gives you the discretion to say, yeah, that's conduct detrimental. That's why I say it had to, the only thing that, that Shane Steichen talked about and mentioned a couple of times is that we have a standard here, and players and people will be held accountable. That's why I say these guys did something, something at a high level. Uh, if it was just, if it was just, if it was just a fight in practice, if it was just being late to meetings, then then you can handle it internally by you know inactive a game or whatever. This is this is a, a totally different level. I can't take it too many times across the league that teams have done this. So, yeah, it's and it's funny. Whenever you don't know, you really, really want to know. But right now, I have no clue. And, again, I say, if somebody knows, then good for you because I, I really don't know. Is this – do you think that it's something in the locker room, something in the facility, I, or well, – See, that's why I thought some kind of a physical altercation that maybe yeah. started on the field and went to the locker room. But, no, I, I don't know. And the thing with – with when you don't have information, then you it leads to speculation, and, and no one around here has even remotely thrown something out there that hey, it might because that's you just that's irresponsible. You can't do that. But it's one of those rare times that when the coach says we're keeping this internal, they're keeping it internal, and right now it, it's not leaking out. It, it's it's really impressive that it hasn't got out by a player telling somebody off the cuff or or an agent that you're buddy-buddy with or whatever. But right now, it's the cone of silence, and these guys are doing a really good job of maintaining it. Yeah, I just a lot of things bounce around in your head being around here yeah. as, as long as you have and as long as I have. And I guess without any any proven answers, any concrete answers whatsoever, I mean, it does make you think that they go this far to make sure that nobody says anything that it's something that would sure to be embarrassing to the organization. Well, and a lot of, I'm telling you, there's no doubt in my mind that a lot of people in that building know exactly what happened. Of course they yeah. did. I mean, you, you don't, you don't take this move and then you go to the team meeting on whatever Monday or Tuesday and, and there's two empty seats. No, I mean, this has been addressed with the team. They know, so you're talking, you know, gosh, 60, 70 people or whatever, more than that, know. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, but again, that, that's, it, it, that, that's the way it shows you that Shane Steichen is putting his fingerprints on this and they respect him. And, and the accountability thing is a huge, huge thing. Not saying we didn't have it before. We, they didn't have it before. But these guys are putting their trust in the coach and the higher ups, Chris Bowler and all these guys, and and they're they're gonna they're gonna maintain what he wants to do. So you know, and that's you know, it, it's, it makes it tough on the media, and they don't care. 
but that that's the, the, that's the way the locker room needs to be, where you don't have guys who leak things because whatever whatever reason. Uh, this will come out. You know, we need to have a pool on how long it'll be before this comes out. But right now, it's 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 uh, you know. People who, who need to know know, and you don't need to know. So that, that's kind of where we are. <laughs> I will tell you this. By now, in the past, it would already have been leaked. No question. So I'm, I'm impressed with the lockdown that evidently this so organization I, has over the group. I always say that one of the most incredibly impressive things was when, when, when uh, Boston came and got, and got the Boston or, or got the Butler basketball coach. And nobody knew about it. Yeah, and, it, and it, that's incredible. That's really hard to do in today's media environment. It really is. Can I tell you a story really quick, and you can play off sure. of that? So back, that was a, a summer afternoon, I believe, in late June, and I'm in studio, and Tony Donahue is my producer. And ten minutes, this is the truth, and everybody knows it. Ten minutes prior to that becoming announced or reported somebody called anonymously tony uh, on our line and said brad stevens is going to the celtics that's going to be announced later on today tony told me during a break mike and i i was getting ready to go on vacation and i didn't want to be catfished so i said (laughs) there's no way in the world i'm going to say this by somebody calling up and telling you that and then 10 minutes later, it came to fruition. Right. It was the truth. So, yes, you are right. And normally that's, normally that's, that's further, even further down the road. I mean, you get the information far before that. So that was an amazing right. thing, too. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard to keep things in-house, under wraps, and with the way, you know, you, know, you tell somebody a secret, then it's no longer a secret. I mean, and the more people that know, it's really hard to keep it that way. They're doing it, and kudos to them. As Stephen Holler and I were talking, is when when you don't know, and they're not going to tell you. You really want to know. I mean, you really want to know. But uh, you know, we'll see when this comes out because it will come out. But right now, it ain't none of your business. Yeah, yeah. People are asking me. So does that have an effect? It wouldn't have any effect on on the line. It's just really weird. I mean, it's just I. Well, I we've been around just, long enough this to was if this was a, a more, you know, frontline player, maybe. Uh, no, the, listen, no, it, the, the line moving like that normally is quarterback related. That's right. why I ask you if you'd heard anything, because normally nope. when a line profoundly moves like that, it's something quarterback related. Nope. Yeah, yeah, it's, and maybe it moves tomorrow, which maybe that's a lot of times lines move also when there's heavy bidding on yeah. one on one side, and they want to try to even it out for whatever reason, you know, to even it out so they don't get totally, you know, hosed on, on, on the betting at the end of the game. But it's pretty curious. So, Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. So, what's your thought on Michael Pittman Jr. Sunday? I think he plays. <laughs> I really do. And, and, he's a, and, he's, he's and, a tough ass. He's a badass, isn't he? There was no way he was going to be taken off on a cart on Saturday. Not a chance. Uh, all the all the targets he's had this year and the catches, he gets lit up a lot. So yeah, he, he's a tough guy, and he, he's the kind of guy that Ballard and Steichen are going to want to build 
into this offense. You know, we'll see what the price is. That's for another day. But that's what you want. That's what you want. And the fact he practiced today without the red jersey is extremely encouraging with today being Thursday. And, you know, but he's still, he's still got to, you know, go through the uh, passing the neurological independent guy. And so we'll see. You know, there was a couple, few weeks ago when Ryan Kelly was, we thought, on track to play. And he, and he didn't, and then it took another week. But I won't be a bit surprised if if, if Taylor and Pittman are back, and and that's that's huge with with the ramifications of these last three games. And uh, you you want to be at your as healthy as possible going into these big games. And they will they're, they're not going to get Braden Smith back. He didn't practice today. But getting these two offensive playmakers back is huge. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too. And Mike Chappell joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You know, we watched that game last week and, you know, looking around for this and looking around for that as far as uh, offensive answers. And I, Gardner Minshew often takes a lot of heat. And then when he makes mistakes, I mean, rightly so, that's what's going to happen as a quarterback. But that was a hell of a game that he had on, on Saturday against the Steelers here. That's you know if and we've talked about this if you, if you can draw up a game plan now not giving up thirteen no not falling behind thirteen to nothing with how bad they played but that's exactly how you want this offense to operate if you, if you don't worry about names you know Minshew throws for the three touchdowns and then they turn to the run game and they and they just they just, they just shove it down the Steelers' throat and that, that's how this team. It is built right now with that Richardson. It's to make the you know have the quarterback. I don't want to say manage the game, but make the plays when he has to. But then lean on the run game. And if they can do that the last three weeks, they're they're in good shape. Uh, so again, I've been as critical of Minshew as anybody probably. I just you want you want more, but 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 for the most part, not for the most part. He's the reason they are where they are. I mean, he, he, he's more than done what anyone expected, not just for a game or two, but, but for, you know, the better part of the season. And, and a lot of times backups, they'll play pretty well. And, you know, jo- it was Joshua Dobbs, he was at Minnesota or wherever, and he plays really well for a couple of games. And then all of a sudden, you know, reality sets in. Well, that's not happening with Minshew. He had, a couple, he had those two bad games with the turnovers, but by and large, he, he's done what he needs to do, and you know, it, it, as long as they get good stuff from the, from the from the receivers with Pittman and the tight end, and you get the run game, whoever it is, whether it's Moss or Taylor or Sermon or Goodson, th- th- this is this is a pretty good offense. So it bodes well for him. Again, you know, it, it's funny we were talking. The, the the season's a marathon; it really is. But now they're in the sprint stage. Three games to go, and. You know, a month ago, I think we were talking how, well, you know, they got a pretty good shot at one of those wild card spots. Now they got a, better, a pretty darn good chance of winning the division. With, with uh, you know, Stroud's apparently not going to play this week, and Trevor Lawrence apparently didn't practice uh, today, and, you know, Jacksonville's in, in a tailspin, and they go to Tampa Bay this weekend. So that, that, that game, that, that last game with Houston, it could very well be a play-in game, and it could very well be for the division title and, and a home playoff game. Yeah, 
Yeah, no doubt about that. They, you know, it's funny. I mentioned this at the start of the show. Uh, they have expectations for me right now. They have, I mean, they have, they have expectations. And I know a lot of people say, well, you know, it, it, they're playing with house money because this is not going to be their future, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I have to remind people all the time that you're promised absolutely nothing. When you're in this situation, take advantage of it. Don't apologize yeah. for people saying, well, look at their schedule. It's so soft or this or that. Yeah. Take advantage of it when you're in it because you have no idea whether or not you're going to have this fortune. And given the fact the Colts, how they've lived in the past handful of years, that good fortune hasn't been a part of it. So embrace it. Well, yeah, we talked going into the season. Boy, just wait till they get out there and they get Richardson. Once he gets his feet on the ground, and then you got Taylor coming back. They played one play this year. One. You have no idea. You're right. Yeah. Whatever situation you find yourself in, for whatever reason, here you are. I don't care. They've beaten Carolina and New England. And all. That's who. You, that's who's on your schedule. I, I, I really get kind of yep. irritated when people sort of downplay what this team has done. You know, they lost their their quarterback started four games. Jonathan Taylor's missed what seven games? Uh, Braden Smith has missed a bunch of time. Juju Brinsmith has missed a lot of time. So no, don't don't give me that. Take care of what you got. You're you're right. You're right. You're, you are promised nothing. So I, I think what nothing. what a playoff berth would do as positive reinforcement to what Steichen and his staff are trying to do would be immense. So, yeah, don't worry about, well, if we fall short, we got next year. No, no, no. You have no idea. So, so, so make the most of it. Win these last three. You got to win two of the last three and one of those being Houston. And then see what happens. Hey, Mike, in closing here, is it my wide receiving name recognizable lust playing tricks to me with this? Or do you think? Jarvis Landry would have been a nice addition in some form or fashion to this team. Well, they 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 looked at several receivers. I thought during the weekend, didn't they sign Winfrey? They signed another guy or two to the practice squad. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I that to me that's a name. And these guys are more interested. Yeah, maybe, in, that's, I, it, maybe that's just playing. I just thought, I thought initially, man, that guy. For what he has done, and maybe he's not anything like what he has done, but for what he has done, sounded really interesting and helpful to me on this yeah. roster. It, but it, it but again, you're, you're bringing a guy in in December who hasn't been here, at least with the guys. I think they, they also looked at QT, so he, he, you know he's been here, and, and may, maybe if, if Pittman would miss extended time you do that I, I just think they they this is a team that really really likes to have guys around who, who, who know who know their way around the building and they know the system I saw that name too and I'm sure it perked a lot of guys interest but these guys really have a way of doing things and that's not one they normally do so Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 We'll uh, just wait patiently and see if uh, somebody ends up finding out what ultimately happened, and and uh, we'll see if we're either let they down will. on or, or we're oh wow of it. So it's <laughs> yeah, a, a and, lot what, going and whatever on. we hear, I'm gonna say yeah, okay. I, that, that's that's when we hear it, we're gonna say oh, so yeah. that's why they took that strict <laughs> of a discipline. Well, and you're gonna say yeah, okay, I get it. 
And then we're going to immediately compare it to what we believe to be those that handled things softly with Frank Reich and Chuck Pagano as coaches prior. We're going to compare that to, hey, well, yeah, this is it, what they're doing now. That's not happened. like back then. It's something similar happened there, yeah. But, again, this had to be something like, the oh, my God, they, they really did that? I mean, that's, that's again, the, that level of, of, of discipline, it had to be something – significant it just it just had to be yeah it's funny I, I went back and watched that game on Saturday and Rich Eisen who was doing the play-by-play started talking about how Isaiah McKenzie had been helping out Josh Downs leading up to the first time he'd ever returned punts in the NFL and I kind of wondered at the time it did I mean it didn't sound too off base at the time we all questioned in the Colts pregame yep. huddle why why both he and Tony Brown were healthy scratches, but it, it, um, you know, it didn't really strike me at that time. But now it kind of strikes me as, yeah, yeah, I wonder how much he was helping him helping prepare him. <laughs> for the first time he was out there. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe not much. So, well, and in two because I mean, it, there's a very good chance these two guys don't play here again. I mean, so so it, it's it, it's it was, it's always the case of again when, when you're down on the bottom third of the roster, the one thing you don't do is bring attention to yourself. Don't give them a reason to cut you or suspend you. Well, these guys gave them the reason, whatever that reason is. All right, Mike. Well, we'll uh, we'll check in with you again next week. Have a great Christmas if I don't see or talk to you prior to. And then we'll uh, talk to you next week in preparation for the Raiders. And I just you don't want the Colts to blank this thing up right now. And there's still ways you can blank it up. They're still not a great team. They're a good team, not a great team. Just don't blank it up. So it, hopefully it's there not. for them, we'll and see. you just hope they take Christmas. advantage of it. Well, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Have a great Christmas in Beach Grove, Mike. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you guys, too. Later.